This episode is sponsored by a donor to Warriors at Ease. Warriors at Ease brings the power of yoga and meditation to military communities around the world through trainings, advocacy, programs, and partnerships. Visit warriorsatease.org. On this episode, we have Nate Bailey. Nate followed his passion for sports and played football in college. He earned a degree in teaching, and while coaching school-age students, he launched an insurance agency. He then joined the military and was deployed in the Middle East. Upon his return, he grew his insurance company and real estate businesses, selling the former over time. Based on a childhood admiration for Ironman competitions, Nate began running 100-mile marathons and has successfully completed three such courses. He also runs a thriving coaching business and a podcast. Nate, thank you so much for being on our show. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Uh, pleasure to be here. Um, I noticed that you, so you live in Minneapolis uh, currently. Yeah, well, I, I, I live in just outside of Rochester, actually. So oh, south about a, a little over an hour. Gotcha. Yeah. And did you grow up in Minnesota? I grew up in Wisconsin. Um, okay. I was born in Milwaukee. And then um, when I was about five, we moved up to northern Wisconsin, literally in the middle of nowhere. So, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Do you have siblings? I do. I have, uh, I have a brother and a sister. My brother is about eight years younger than me, and my sister is about 10 years. Uh, my mom got remarried okay. um, when I was... Oh, again, five or six, and then, uh, and then, uh, so there's a little gap in between us. But yeah, I got a brother and a sister. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, I have to say, usually with most guests, I have to uh, like troll their LinkedIn profile. Um, but yeah. you have, uh, you geniusly have your bio in the intro to your podcast. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. I love that. It, it How is. do you? Yeah, I, I, I get so many, uh, I get a ton of compliments on that. And uh, I, I have to give a shout out Joey Yak. He, he uh, that's his business. He was a rapper for a while and a friend of mine. And uh, so he just hopped on a call and just asked me a bunch of questions and kind of uh, got my background. And then he put it into, uh, 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 put the message into, into that song. And, and it kind of tells my story. Yeah. It's so great. Very talented. I had to listen to it uh, a few times. I'm like, this is so cool. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> well done. <laughs> um, I'm curious, uh, Nate, um, were there members of your family in the military? Um, well, yes. So my grandfather, um, he was in, I believe, the Army National Guard, which I, I to be honest, I really didn't even know that uh, until here later in life. I, I guess I kind of knew it, but I say that because he didn't really talk about it. Um, and then my uncle was in the Marine Corps for probably eight years or so. Um, so yeah. And so was it uh, family that was the inspiration to, to join when you did, or were there other factors? No, it really wasn't. And it wasn't like this burning desire for me to join. And to be honest, like I, I, I really didn't have a desire to join coming out of high school. I think a big part of that was because I had, I had this dream to play college athletics. And so I went and I played football in college. And then right after my last season of football finished up, I still had some school to go. And I just kind of had this void, right? Like I was used to having a team, uh, a kind of a structured schedule. And when football ended, like I wasn't used to all this extra time and not having the challenge in front of me. 
I tend to do well when I have something I'm really working towards. And so that's when I really started to consider joining the military and they had some great benefits for uh, people going to school. And, and uh, so that's kind of what drove me to uh, join the army national guard. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and did you finish out your degree? Yeah, I did. I, I uh, have a bachelor's in physical education. So as a, as a teacher, um, I did a little bit of teaching, but, but not much. Yeah. Maybe a year and a half or so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I, you know, it's kind of what I do now, right. As a coach, I'm uh, definitely a big part of that is teaching and training. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then some of the insights you gained at that time are certainly useful to you now, I bet. And yeah, even like the team dynamics, being on a team, being a team player, uh, again, thinking about the, the good of the group versus just yourself, uh, all of that you've had an excellent like experience in. Absolutely. Yeah. The military, co- you know, college athletics, um, being an entrepreneur and a business owner. Um, yeah. Being a parent. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Definitely a lot of life lessons yeah. in, in being a parent. Yeah. Um, and so uh, you joined the Army National Guard and you were shipped out to Kuwait in, was it 2005? Yeah, August of 2005. Well, August we were shipped to uh, Camp Shelby just outside of Hattiesburg, Mississippi uh, for three months of training. We went through Hurricane Katrina, <laughs> um, which was a, you know, a large, uh, well-known uh, hurricane and you know coming from the north woods of the midwest uh never experienced a hurricane before um and then in november of 2005 to november of 2006 was in kuwait okay and you were already married at the time you deployed yes was was married we did not have any kids at the time but we had been married for about um geez we got married in 2001 so about four years four years yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And um, you managed uh, a number of people. You managed 42 people while you were uh, deployed. Um, Yeah. I know that uh, when you came back home, it was not uh, an easy transition for you. But uh, while you were there, how was that experience? Yeah. So, well, I mean, it's a, as a platoon leader, being responsible for 42 men, um, you know, it's, it is, it's, it's a big responsibility and, and, and to lead 42 different personalities and individuals and, and to really learn how to connect with each one and learn, learn how to lead each one because each person's a little bit different, respond differently to different styles and types of leadership. Um, it was, it was a great experience. Like we kind of already talked for what I do today and, and really in all areas of life just those experiences that I had, um, during that time. Um, and then, uh, uh, I just lost my train of thought there, but (laughs) so, uh, you know, when you, you came back and some of the things you experienced and it's often referred to as PTSD. Um, and is that what you feel it was that you had when you, I don't know. Um, you know, I mean, it was a very safe, place like we didn't have any you know the job we had it was kind of like groundhogs day every day um very routine um again being in Kuwait it was safe uh but it was tougher than I thought it would be to return so I don't want to say PTSD because I didn't really 
experience anything traumatic. Um, But, you know, being gone that long, you know, the days, the days, 12 months here, home flies by there. It it felt like a long time, probably because every day we were kind of thinking about when we were going to get back home, you know, gone from, from the world and from the life and from, from, I, I was fortunate not to have kids to miss out on that, but, but uh, missing, you know, my wife, of course, in the marriage. And, and then, you know, coming back, some of the bigger challenges were because I had been gone so long, I had this, in a way, kind of this entitlement, selfish uh, mentality of, I'm going to make up for some lost time. And, yeah. and uh, looking back, you know, if there's, you know, I've been asked the question, what would I do differently? It would be to tell my, my younger self. I was, you know, <laughs> you guys still think about it. At the time when you're 30, you think you kind of got some things figured out, but it, looking back today, 43, it's like, man, I was still a baby. So yeah, I um, get it. in many aspects and uh, I just tell myself to be less focused on myself and, and think more of others. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we happen to be the same age. Um, okay. Yeah. It's good discovery. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's true. I, I certainly understand that sentiment. You, you're away for a long time. You're, um, sequestered you're you're not you don't have your life to you you can't control things on your own you can't leave freely um and then you come back and so you do want to make up for that but then you also have family members or loved ones who are kind of feeling a similar thing mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> they missed out they want have certain expectations or they want to make up for that so there, there's often friction there and i can completely yeah. see why um yeah you know so, as a man it's like especially in the marriage it was not really understanding the importance of needing to reconnect with my wife like in my mind i was just like what do we need to do that for like (laughs) i mean you're my wife like um but just knowing and being wiser like seeing the importance of that now that is a regret uh, for me but not something i'll dwell on but yeah it's could have been handled much differently for sure um was there any particular catalyst that um sort of got you out of that um that mode yeah i don't know i mean it (laughs) i wish i could say i got out of it a lot quicker than i did but maybe i'm a little bit of a slow learner um but it really you know i got back end of 2006 and i would say really not until probably about five years ago 2015 is when I really was like, hey, I, I clearly can't figure this out on my own. Yeah, and I did try probably, but you know, you just don't know what you don't know at, at times. True, yeah. You just try the best that you can to figure it out. Um, but yeah, there came a moment where I was like, all right, I, I, I need to go find some, a coach that, that could help me, right? I, I didn't realize there really was a coaching world out there sure. until, until then. And yeah. And that was kind of the catalyst, just knowing, hey, I, whatever I'm doing isn't working, so let's go find somebody that uh, is living the life that I, I want to live and learn from them. And that's so really that's kind of what happened for me. Yeah, kudos. Well done on yeah. um, uh, having the courage to, to make that decision. That's not an easy one to say, like, uh, you yeah. know what, maybe I can't do this on my own. So uh, well done, Nate. Thank you. Uh, I mean, and of course, in the meantime, life is going on. Um, you started an insurance business. Um, when did that kick off? Well, before I was deployed, I had started the insur- uh, oh, wow. a, an insurance agency. Just okay. 
just probably four months before I got deployed. So um, that got put on halt, you know, for 15 months. And then I came back and picked it back up Okay. and um, worked for a different, few different captive companies and then opened my own insurance brokerage uh, in 2011 Great. And, and, and ran that for about seven years before two years ago, I sold it, um, okay. built it up and sold it. Yeah. Nice. And then uh, you also got involved in real estate. Uh, do you maintain that? I do. Yeah, I, I really do. I've continued to grow, not super aggressively, but I've continued to grow my portfolio and, and have, have some properties in multiple states and uh, continue to build on that. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's great. You know, it's always interesting, uh, the decision to sell um yeah. one's business and what goes into that and you know I, i've sold three companies in, in my life and so um you know and here you ran it for quite some time um mm -hmm. seven years and had built it up um uh, what uh what was driving the decision to sell um really i mean i i never thoroughly enjoyed the insurance business and i think i always kind of knew in the back of my mind that that I probably wouldn't be doing this forever. Although, you know, I had thoughts of, you know, I could do this forever if I needed to. But when I first invested in myself as a, in coaching and then realized that that world existed, um, because I am a leader, because I, you know, I have a teaching degree, right? Uh, so obviously I love to coach and teach others um, and impact others. And I think inherently I've always kind of known that that's something I've wanted to do. Just never knew what it would look like or how you would do that. And then to come into this world of coaching and realize that, Hey, you could create a, uh, a pretty good lifestyle for yourself as a coach and, and have the ability to help and lead others. And so when the opportunity eventually came around to, to go and do that full time, um, it was an easy decision to sell my business at that point. Cause I was just like, you know, I could continue to grow this and, and uh, it was a good business and it was providing well and it would have continued to grow. So I didn't have any interest in hanging on to it and having to deal with it and let somebody else run it while, you know, I'm trying to do this other thing over here. And so for me, it's kind of a, once I have it made up in my mind, I, I usually am able to make that decision fairly quickly. And so I, you know, and it's not hard to sell an insurance agency. Right. There are plenty of other agents that, that would love the opportunity to add to their book and, and to buy someone else's book. So I sold it within a day and wow, uh, nice. it was a really fast <laughs> process. Okay. That's never happened for me. <laughs> well yeah. done. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, that was easy. And, um, yeah. So, I, and I haven't looked back since then. So that's really great. Well, congrats on the sale. That's always a, a big uh, event. Um, you have three children and please correct me if I mispronounce this. Is it uh, Nina? Yes. Yeah, Nina Isla and Henry. Yep. Nina, when was Lana Nina born? Nina was born 2008. Okay. So this yeah. is right when you basically got back. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, about a year and a half. A year, after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a little less than that. Yeah. It wasn't very long after I was home that, that uh, uh, we got pregnant and, you know, we were ready at that time. We got married in 2001. And so, you know, had I not been deployed, I would imagine we probably maybe would have had a, had her, you know, a year earlier, probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 
Yeah, that's great. So she was born in 2008. In what years were Lila and Henry born? Yeah, Lila was 2010 and, and Henry was 2012. Nice. Um, there's a little bigger gap between Lila and Henry. They're about two and a half years apart. Um, okay. Yeah. Wow, well timed. I mean, my God, it's like we're living yeah. parallel lives here. Oh, really? Because, well, my, uh, <laughs> my daughter was born in 06. My son okay. was born in 08. Okay. So yeah. uh, you said, had yeah. you not been deployed, you would have yeah, been absolutely. at the same time yeah. frame. I think it would have been about the same. Yeah. yeah. And we're both 77 babies? Uh, I was 76, August okay. 76. Yeah. All right. I'm uh, March 77. Okay. Yeah. All right. So six months apart. There. Yeah. Um, you've also authored three books. And so um, are they related to your coaching practice? Yeah, they are. You know, and it's always, I don't know. I mean, it's part of me that probably just, discredit some of the things but three books sounds way cooler than it maybe is right but you I think you you know you just start where you're at the first book was my first book and it was uh not very big and and just kind of telling this my story and then yes definitely focused on coaching and then really all of them the second book was called live your legacy and and uh there's a there's a about a hundred pages of a book inside of that. And then the rest of it was like a 90 day planner that people could use to help kind of really structure their days and help them be intentional and, and uh, goal oriented outcome focused. Um, and then the last one called 100 mile mindset was, uh, you know, each book I write that I feel, I feel a little bit more proud of and that's my best work yet, which I, hopefully that's how, how the progression grows. Every book you write probably hopefully is your best piece of work. Um, and that's just was on my experience of running 100 miles and the lessons that I learned again, as a coach, I'm always trying to extract lessons and share those with others so that they can, you know, they don't necessarily have to go run hundred miles to learn, uh, the things that I learned through that experience. So it's a perfect segue because exactly where I wanted to go. Okay. Um, you were a football player and, uh, growing up and in college. And so, uh, athleticism comes naturally to you. Um, most of, most of us, um, um, shudder at the thought of running a marathon. 26.2 <laughs> miles. We're like, yeah. wow, that's so not for me. Um, I really, want to get a sense from you of what is the decision what's going through your mind your heart as well because it's uh you know, a lot of willpower involved to say i am going to achieve this amazing human feat and basically do four marathons <laughs> yeah yeah tell us about uh, that yeah. well you know it really started I've always been interested and intrigued by big feats and accomplishments of people. Um, I remember as a young kid watching I Ironmans on TV, right? Like the wild wor world of sports or whatever that was. And, and uh, thinking, holy cow, that's, that's amazing. And I did an Ironman in 2008, shortly after I got back from Kuwait. Um, and then kind of lost myself and uh, again kind of back into the story we were talking about but in 2015 I did this event called Seal Fit Kokoro led by uh, retired and active duty Navy SEALs and it was really kind of a simulation a small simulation of what the candidates trying to become SEALs go through in hell week uh, so it was two days it was about 52 hours and uh, 
by far like one of the bigger turning points of my life because I went through a big transformation to do that. Uh, lost close to 50 pounds and, and uh, did a, a ton of training and, and uh, was successful. I finished, you know, there's 28 of us that showed up and only nine of us that finished that event. And so that really was a catalyst for me to kind of go in uh, about a year and a half later and be like, man, I wonder if I could run a hundred miles just because I'd, I'd read an article about someone running a hundred miles, probably 10 years before that. And I remember it thinking that that is so crazy. And there was a time where I was like, a marathon was crazy to me. Right. And so your perspective continues to shift as you now, like a 26 mile run for me, like would be a training run that I would go, I don't, wouldn't do every day, but I, uh, you know, probably once a week. I'm a quarter um, through. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so yeah, your perspective shifts when you run a hundred miles and, and uh, I failed the first two attempts and went 62 miles the first time and 76 the second uh, before I was successful. And uh, it just, I just love to see what we're capable of. And again, it does go back to when uh, we were talking when you came onto my podcast was you know, I, you know, I believe that fitness and health is the key to success in my life in all areas. And when I have something big like that to train for, like, cause there's no substitute for the work that's required to be successful. And so you have to put in the miles. Um, but how do you do that without sabotaging the rest of your life? Right. I don't want to ignore my kids or my wife. I don't want to, uh, I can't ignore my business. I can't not fulfill for my clients. Um, and so how do I keep everything else together and still do what's required on the physical side? Not only is it keep taking care of my body so that I can be there for a long time for my family and, and be, have the energy and the drive in my business. Um, so it all kind of just works together and fuels each other. And so that's a big part of the reason, you know, and for many, it, it, it shouldn't be, and it's probably not going to be a hundred miles, but maybe it's a 5k, right? Like, yeah just starting where you're at and just continuing to be active. And there's something about competing, you know, at some point, a lot of us quit competing. And I think within all of us, whether you want to admit it or not, there's, it's exciting to compete. And yeah. even if it's, it doesn't matter like how you place against everyone else, it's competing with yourself to, to yeah. just really get the best out of yourself. No, you're absolutely right. Um, the race you talked about, I think it's called uh, kettle moraine. Yeah, the Kettle 100, the Kettle Moraine 100. Yeah, yeah that was the first that, one. I mean, the, the, this is such a narrow miss. It feels like you, you, you got to the 68th mile checkpoint 15 minutes too late. Yeah, it was super narrow. We, we technically, I te technically, I think it was about 10 minutes late. Oh. Um, and we didn't know it. We thought we were fine. Like I got there, I was just kind of taking some time, changing, changing. So it had just rained, so it was wet and getting in some dry clothes, putting some dry socks on, grabbing something to eat. So it took probably 20 minutes before I was heading back out and we missed there's cutoffs for these races. Cause you have 30, 30 hours to finish the hundred miler. And one of the cutoffs was you have to get to that checkpoint by 18 hours. Well, I got there at 1810 and left at 1830. And, um, you know, it said also in the rule book that afterwards looking at it, right. Um, as a leader learning that, Hey, really, I had four people helping me. It could be easy for me to say, man, how did they not know, right? Like, I just, I'm here to run. They should, they should be in, uh, you know, on top of that. Uh, because we, we walked a good chunk of that last leg, just kind of taking our time, thinking that, you know, we were keeping a certain pace and thinking we were fine and we weren't. Um, 
but really the responsibility definitely landed on me not knowing that, not knowing those times. And uh, so it was just a great lesson. You know, my first, my first 100 mile attempt that I went 63 miles and that's definitely a huge accomplishment, but it was definitely disappointing because, you know, I was heading out, uh, getting ready to continue and thinking that I was going to finish. And uh, they're like, hey, where are you going? Like, whoa. I was like, what? And they're like, hey, you missed the cutoff. And we're like, no way. And they're like, we can't let you keep going. They're like, you're done. And I was like, oh. So, yeah, what you learn, right? You yes, learn. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, uh, th- and then there was another race before you were successful at the Pony Express in Utah. Yeah, it was called the Burning River 100. It was in Cleveland, Ohio. And, <laughs> you know, I think of Cleveland, you, d- you don't think of like woody terrain and like, some steep elevation but somehow in in there there's a valley and there's a river the burning river (laughs) and uh and it was extremely uh technical terrain and uh so you know the and so was the moraine 100 the kettle moraine 100 they were both technical courses with a ton of elevation so looking back again like for anyone that's looking to do their first 100 you those probably wouldn't be the courses you would pick (laughs) first uh and i you know it's just again i didn't know any different so um uh but yeah i made it about 76 miles that time and i was totally on my own most people have support like they have pacers and people to help you through when you get to your checkpoints they help you like get your stuff well i was all on my own for that one and uh yeah i just got to the point where i was moving super slow and just couldn't couldn't get going any faster and so i was just kind of done and um but 76 miles i made you know i improved yeah for sure and that's that's a long ways and uh, and yeah and then was successful finally on the third attempt so which is really phenomenal uh number 53 Uh, that was your number was it i think so it was on a video (laughs) yeah 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 um yeah 29 hours um that one was interesting because you had to have your own support vehicle. So uh, most of these will have a, t- a bunch of aid stations anywhere between five and seven miles apart with food and water. And, and then you usually have a few drop bags at certain points where you can have stuff. But this one, it was self-supported. So you have a vehicle and a driver and, uh, and you keep like all your water, all your food is up to you and you keep it in there and your change of clothes and, and stuff like that. And so a good buddy of mine, Jake McLeod, he, he was my guy for 30 hours, just kind of on his own in the truck. He'd go, he'd go about four or five miles ahead of me each time, and, and uh, I would stop and grab something and keep going. So nice. That's really great. Um, the physical conditioning is, is quite clear, and obviously with your athleticism, um, it's a question you knew how to do that. What I'm really curious about, Nate, is mentally – um, what were some of the things you had to prepare mentally to accomplish a feat like this, especially given, you know, the first two attempts not going the way you wanted? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a, that's probably one of the major reasons I think I, that I continue to do that because I think mindset's something that you can continually build and improve on that obviously helps you in the real world. Um, and there's, there's a ton of lessons that you learn about yourself uh, out on a course like that, doing something like that, that you just can't find anywhere else. Yeah. And, um, and so that's a big part of the reason I go through those. I mean, cause if you run a hundred miles, you're going to hurt, like you're going to be tired. 
there's going to be moments where you don't want to keep going. You're going to question yourself. And, and uh, when you can find ways to move through those and, and keep moving, um, yeah, it's powerful. And, and that helps, that'll continue to help you drive yourself forward. And when you don't put yourself, I'm not saying everyone, and you shouldn't, not everyone should do that. And there's other ways to, to access that, right? You don't have to go, you could do that in a marathon. You could do that in a 5k, depending on where you're standing, or you can do that in, in just about any other uh, challenge or competition. Um, but it's so important because many, I don't know, it seems like many people don't do that. And then you just, you know, so many are not equipped with that. It's not that they, don't have the capacity for it or the ability. It's just that they, for whatever reason, choose not to put themselves in those difficult situations because it is uncomfortable and it does take preparation uh, that isn't always fun. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's just something that, like, I don't train with people a lot. I almost don't even really like training with others. I, I, I enjoy the time to myself on my own. And, um, and so, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know exactly where that comes from, but I think it's always kind of been in, in my mind to, to yeah. do those types of things. No, that's great. And I really appreciate what you said about comfort zone. It's true. So many people just like to stay where they are. And that's kind of uh, the normal human yeah. experience. Uh, right. And so uh, it takes effort to get out of that and be uncomfortable. And um, yeah. Uh, I'm just, I'm so curious, Nate, as you're in the run, you know, during those uh, 29 hours, um, what are you thinking about? Are you thinking about just, <laughs> are you on the next checkpoint or does your mind wander? Are you thinking about coaching clients? I mean, share with us what's going through your mind. Yeah, you bet. I think, you know, over 30 hours, you have a lot of time to think about a lot of different things, right? I think there's, there's definitely times where you just probably not really thinking about much. Um, there's other times where, yeah, you, you're thinking about just anything and everything. Um, I don't listen to music a lot or, 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 you know, have headphones in a ton. Um, I, I, because we are so connected today, it's just like, it's, it's a great opportunity to disconnect and just yeah. kind of be with yourself and be yeah. in, in, in nature. And, uh, it's been so I've been able to see some very cool places be, that I would never see wasn't not for those. And so I just try to appreciate some of that stuff. But yeah, I mean, really, you think about anything and everything, your, your mind just kind of goes in all kinds of different directions. And it's kind of cool to just sit there and have those conversations with yourself. Nice. Well said. That's great. Um, you've also been involved in some charitable causes. Um, you did this uh, bike trek across the country for children in Ethiopia. Yeah, that was a, that was a really cool experience to be a part of. I think there were uh, six bike riders and then uh, we had two other guys that kind of helped us through it. One mainly drove the RV the entire time and another that uh, kind of was there to help with the video to kind of recapture the experience. And so it was like a relay. We started in San Diego uh, in the ocean. And then uh, we rode to Charleston, South Carolina. Um, and so we would, we'd always have like two or three riders on the road and we had two vehicles. And so we would drop one off and then we'd probably drive ahead maybe 20 miles and drop the next one off and we kept leapfrogging. So we didn't all 
ride the entire distance. But we each probably rode about 40 to 50 miles a day. Yeah, wow. um, and it took us about eight days. I think we could have, we did it in eight days, but basically, uh, you know, it was nine days to help nine different schools and nine different districts of Ethiopia. So it kind of had a little theme there. Nice. Uh, and yeah, we, you know, our team raised, uh, three a little over three hundred thousand dollars which was pretty oh, awesome because we uh we had uh, initially it was like a goal of seventy thousand right and i was like all right to me at that time sounded like a lot i was like i can get ten thousand right and then and then all of a sudden uh, it was 250 and i was like whoa this is a big chunk like we're biting <laughs> off but we did it we we ended up uh, raising like i said a little over three hundred thousand it was incredible we were able to actually help 11 different schools instead of nine because we the extra money that's and, great just awesome. Yeah. Well done. Wow. Well, so, um, I have to ask, um, what is the next physical feat for Nate Bailey? Yeah. Well, I, I, I definitely have some in mind. Um, I'm going to do a 50 mile run with a, a friend of mine, a, a coaching client friend of mine in North Dakota. Yeah. I think I kind of inspired him to nice. do something like this. And, uh, there's a race out where he lives out toward in Williston, North Dakota. So I'm going to go and I'm going to help him through really his first ultra marathon. And then I have a 135 mile run in September, a good friend and coach of mine. She's, she's done a ton of different, like she, she was an elite ultra runner for, for many years and has won many races. And a lot of our, I was supposed to do one in Florida, a hundred miler. And then I was supposed to do one in Alaska in July, 135 and both got canceled because of the COVID and, yeah. and all of that. So she's going to put on a 135 mile course in Idaho. So I'm going to go out and do that. And then I have a 50 mile ruck, which is a, which is like carrying a, a weighted backpack for 50 miles um, oh. in November. So those are some of the, and, and I do have it. I do want to do 200 miles at some point. <laughs> wow. So that's kind of a goal of mine. That exists, uh, 200 miles. Oh, exists. yeah. There's, uh, there, yeah, that definitely exists. And there's definitely people doing more than that. Yeah. Yeah. I heard this story, and I, you might be able to confirm if it's true or not, but the origin of the century race was actually uh, people were racing their horses and there was a guy whose horse died prior to the start of the race and he wanted to get his entry fee back yeah. they said no and he said well i'm gonna run it then is that true yeah i i wish i could i wish i knew the guy's name but uh he's kind of a famous guy for that race um yeah it's called the western states 100 and it's the, the first two, so the Kettle 100 and the Burning River 100 are both qualifiers for the Western States. And that's wow. why they're so difficult because the Western States is a extremely difficult course. Wow. And so, yes, yeah, so this guy, <laughs> it was a horse race and he decided, he showed up, didn't have his horse. So he's like, well, I'm just going to do it on foot. And uh, he continues to do that race to uh, today. Uh, he's a chiropractor out in, uh, I think, Colorado somewhere. Um, but anyways, yeah, he, he's, uh, he kind of made it the name for himself cause he was the first one to do it by foot. And now it's turned into this, like kind of one of the premier, um, 100 mile run courses in the world. 
That is so incredible. How old is he now? Do you have any sense? Yeah, I think he's uh, like in his 60s. Uh, he might be early 70s, actually. That's extraordinary. Um, wow. Yeah. Man. <laughs> just, yeah, I know it. My right. mind is blown. Completely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Nate, uh, share with us on uh, the coaching side of your business. Um, where do you see that going? Where would you like to take it? Yeah. So, well, I just... I, I, I was partnered up with a friend of mine um, for the past three and a half years. And uh, just actually in the last month decided to, to split ways and, and go and create my own program. Um, just solely my own program and, yeah. and um, just did a 24 hour event this past weekend, which was my first event, which went very well. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited and looking forward to building that and uh We'll start off with, you know, working with men, primarily former college athletes, former athletes and military men, because that's kind of who I am, right? And entrepreneurs, business owners, um, to help them just the same as, you know, I was helped five years ago is to really kind of live the life that I've always wanted to and, and to help to show them the path and to help them to see things they can't and to help them to push themselves through really the physicality and show how that can help to bring everything else together. Um, and so, yeah, really uh, the, my, my primary client is, is me. And so that makes <laughs> the most sense to go after that. I so I'm it. excited to do that. That's great. Now the beauty of that is, um, you know, they always tell entrepreneurs like, is what you're doing something that you would use? Are you solving a yeah. problem that you have or a need you have? And if you're yeah. not, then start again. And you're yeah. clearly doing that. So yes, making it so authentic and sincere. And it sounds like that's why people are responding to it and joining you, which is really yeah, cool. absolutely. Yeah. And it is, it's, it's a difficult decision, right? Because when you, when you think to niche down that far, a lot of, you know, a lot of business owners do, they get, there's a little bit of scarcity there, like, well, but I can help all these other people. And it's like, well, yeah, but now you're kind of nothing to everyone. Right. And, um, and so, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm going to niche down to that person because that's who I am and that's who I know I can absolutely 100% help because I've, I've done it myself and I've been doing it for the last three and a half years. And, and so I'm excited for it. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, well, Nate, this has been uh, an amazing conversation. Thank you so much. It was really great yeah, to absolutely. have you Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Achieve is recorded at Subtractive and Hangar 8 at the Santa Monica Airport. Music is produced by Hennedy.